I'd like to take our text tonight from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 4 through 6. That's uh, Ephesians 1, 4 through 6. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Do you believe that tonight? I love that first part. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, I do, I believe it wholeheartedly, but just hearing the testimony tonight, that's more of a reaffirmation that he chose me and every one of us here before the foundation of the world. You know, my life story tells it. I mean, you know, every time just when I pray or just read the Bible, man, I I just look back. And from where I came from, you know, a lot of time my children just laugh and think I just made it up. But it's amazing how awesome, how great God is for the protection that he provided from just, you know, almost, you know, starvation, just hiding and running and just all the things I've gone through. I said, yeah, I'm so thankful that I was able to thank the Lord every time when looking back there. And, you know, again... He chose all of us from the foundation, from, from the beginning. And even just some recent news, too, I'm sure all of you have heard. I mean, we never thought it, I'm sure, but Ransom knew it before everybody else a, a few years back. But, you know, he, he's blessing us with you know, you know, two little twin ones coming up by the end of the year here. And that is exciting. I'm starting to get excited. You know, God chose that. God chose to bless me uh, for that. And... Um, I'm sure Christy's a whole lot more excited than I am. But, but uh, so again, not just why he chose us before the foundation of the world, but he, he chose us that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Understand that? I mean, we have to be holy and without blame before him. We can't just, you know, be safe, say I'm a Christian, and then just go on our merry way. No, there, there's a life. There's a change in it. So tonight, I want to ask, my, my question tonight is, what defines you? What defines a person uh, right now? So there are many things that define a person, define who we are. Our personalities. This is something that mold us from the moment that we are born right through our present moments. That's including your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviors, and uh, the characteristics of um, what you do, your personality. It's what's make us, all of us, unique. You know, your attitude, your experiences, your habits, your creativity, your uh, perspective, your taste. I mean, if you live in Portland, in this area, taste is a big, important thing. You can ask other uh, brother Eric Calhoun there. He's a food connoisseur there. 
Yeah. He'll take you places around here if you want taste, flavor. Yeah. Uh, go talk to him. He'll, he'll take you out. But uh, again, our goals, that's what define us too. These are things and so on that, that define what a person are. Now, um, you hear a lot uh, when I talk to people. You ask them, can a person change their personalities, their ways, their habits, and their thoughts? Well, it depends on who you ask. If you ask those who never knew Christ or those who doesn't know God, almost all of them, nine out of ten of them said, no, you can't change who you are. You can't change your attitude. You know, when, when I hear that, it reminds me of a story of a, a man who believes that he is dead. I don't know if you ever heard that story. I read and heard it. Um, yeah, there, there's this man who believed that he is dead. His wife tried to tell him, no, you're not dead. His children tried to tell him, no, you're not dead. And all his friends tried to convince him that he's not that dead. So all of them got frustrated, so they convinced him to go see a psychiatrist. So uh, the psychiatrist was um, surprised. Uh, never heard of uh, such a case. So um, he tried to convince him. He wouldn't believe it. He said, no, I'm dead. So uh, he had a plan. He said, you know what? He's going to try to convince him that a dead, dead men do not bleed. So for the next six months, he got him books, medical science on anatomies, and even had him to uh, uh, go to the hospital and you know look at the coroner, do they do what they do, and even got him to assist in a, you know a, a, a morgue uh, home to uh, to see you know what they do. So finally, after around six months, the the, the guy said, you know what? Okay, fine. Fine, I understand, I get it. Dead man doesn't bleed. So the psychologist just grinned from ear to ear, smile. He took his hand, poked his finger, and blood started to come out. And the man looked surprised. He said, see, dead man does bleed. So, you know, what, what the point of that story? Um, you know, in, in the world we live in here, people said you, you can't change. But... Sometimes it's depend on your perspective. A lot of time, it doesn't matter what you say. The truth is set on certain people's mind in all culture. But the only truth that the absolute truth is, again, God's word from what the Bible. And just an example for this man, I mean, and people out there in the world. I mean, that might be an exaggeration, but there are a lot of people that believe certain way, certain thing, that certain truth. It doesn't matter what you try to tell them, what truth, uh, the absolute truth that you try to tell them that Jesus came, that Jesus is God. They're not going to believe it because they're set on their own way because they haven't uh, gave God, opened up their heart uh, to Jesus Christ. So, you know, and now, again, if you ask many Christians, those who've been uh, say for a long time, those who walk with the Lord or those who just even got saved, you can change your habits, your personality, who you are. Because you know what? When you are dead to the world, when you dead to sin, when you, you become a new creature, that is the first change already. So you are a new person in Christ. So that is the ultimate change right there. Um, you know, in, in t- today's worldview, uh, nothing matters much. Uh, a lot of it, even in our society, in all culture, here in our city, in our town, they, they try to 
stretch the truth, change a lot of the lies into truth, you know, try to convince our children what's true, what's not. It's based on feeling. It's what you feel. You know, it's not so much of what real, what is real and what is true. So, uh, of course, we're living, they're living according to the flesh. When you're living according to the flesh, you are living contrary to what God is because we're supposed to walk in the spirit. We're supposed to walk by the spirit, you know. So if you're serving the flesh, you know, you're serving yourself. And when you serve self and you walk in self, God cannot exist in your life. God cannot exist in your heart. So now, um, the other flip, the other side of the coin. So there is, yes, you can change. An example, Paul. He changed, right? He was born with the status of a Roman citizen, which would give him the right that other didn't have, uh, protect him and spare him from harm. He was a Pharisee like his father. Um, as a fairy, Pharisee, he hated the, uh, the Christian. He wanted to persecute them. And he thought that Christians were the worst of sinners. And he thought that they were leading them astray. They were blaspheming against God and his old way and the, uh, the old religions. He believed that he has the right to persecute them and throw them in jail. That he was right in all accounts. Of course, after the road to Damascus, after the conversion, he changed. He became you know, uh, a warrior for Christ. Um, and also he became just, uh, the power, the, the, the word to speak, the, um, the voice for God, who, uh, he thought at first Jesus was just a merely a man. So he, beca- he began preaching publicly and became a prominent figure, uh, for, uh, raising up the church and starting the church. Uh, he established many churches throughout Europe and Asia Minor, and one of the most prominent figure in spreading the gospel. He changed from a self-righteous person to, for me, is to live in Christ and to die is gain. Philippians one twenty one. There. So you know, I'm asking tonight too. What do we allow to define who we are? After Paul's conversion, after he was changed, Christ was who he is, who he was, what he does, what he lived, what he breathed. So what do we believe, what do you allow to define you right now? Now, Jesus Christ is defined as a central figure of Christianity. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of a virgin. He is the incarnation of God. He died on the cross for our sin so that we might have life in him. And uh, he is defined not just by that, but he is defined by love through his action and what he did on Calvary, what he did on that cross for us. And through his word and through his promise, and that one of his biggest promise, as we heard on the other day, uh, is that he is coming back again soon to take us home. And that is what we're all, as Christian, as followers of Jesus Christ, are hoping for. That is one of our greatest hope, is for him to come back and take us home, away from all this world. And uh, 
Jesus is defined by that, his love, his ultimate sacrifice. You know, what do we want to define us? What should we allow to define us? Do we want this world, everything around us to define us and help us define who we are? I mean, if you look at just the thing around us, it, it's, I mean, I'm surprised. I try not to read the news much. Once in a while, it pops up on my phone notification. It's so heartbreaking just to hear just the, the sin, the wickedness of this world. And that's why, you know, you pray that just like uh, Sister Azaria was saying, you, know, you want to reach out to many lost souls as much as possible because we know Jesus is coming soon. Yeah, you know, I want, I pray and want my friend have enough love and conviction enough to my friend to be able to stand strong and courageous, to be witness to them, live a life defined by Jesus Christ's love that they want to come to know him and give their life to him. Because, you know, once Jesus comes back, it's going to be too late for those who are left behind. And that is sad. I don't want any friends, I don't want any family member or anybody here to be left behind because it's going to be a sad stage. It's going to be just weeping and gnashing of teeth everywhere. So, and, you know, again, the world just full of chaos, confusion, and this world and the devil is trying to convince, well, he is convincing that God doesn't exist. He's convincing that the devil doesn't exist, that hell doesn't exist. There are billions of people, I know because there's billions of people that doesn't go to church or doesn't have Christ in their heart because they're being led astray by uh, false uh, belief and other kinds of uh, things that, uh, yeah, that can lead them astray. Um, again, what do we want to define us because and who we are? You know, I believe that he who began a good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I mean... Just recently, too, uh, when I was asking myself this, uh, I realized, man, I, I just turned a half a century old this last week. And for some reason, I mean, nobody tells me, but my knees start to ache. And, of course, my children start to beat me in sports, too. And they were waiting for 50. They said, oh, yes, once he turned 50, we're going to start beating him in pickleball and whatever other sport they can do. And it did happen. It's true. You know, looking at that, I should not allow my age or the youth to define who you are. We shouldn't allow our success or failure to define who we are. You know, we shouldn't allow wealth or lack of it to define who we are. And as we heard, we shouldn't allow just the, the troubles that comes in our life, you know, to define who we are. What should define you tonight? What should define us tonight? Well, of course, the love of God and Jesus Christ. That's what should define us. Yeah. Again, many people are being led by astray. We don't want to be one of those people. You know, we want to be, we want to live a life that is defined by, of course, the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. 
I mean, if you live by those just striving to draw and to grow closer and stronger in each of those fruit of the Spirit, God will help you. God will give you strength. You know, I'm still learning. Thank the Lord that I'm, you know, willing to accept to learn. If somebody tells me that, you know, I have a certain way or need to improve something, you know, I'm sure it, it, it might sting a little bit, but I should have enough courage and strength to, you know, the Lord is telling me something that I need to improve in this area, in this certain way. All of us do. Some of you might be perfect. That's great. Keep praying for the rest of us, you know. But, uh, and I'm thankful that God used people around me that love me enough, that care for me enough to tell me that, hey, you know, you um, do this, uh, you, you need to work on this. You work, you're just too grumpy sometime. All right. Thank you. And um, I should uh, be thankful and learn to remind myself that the joy of the Lord is in my life and that the blessing of the Lord is in my life. So if I'm just grumpy, I should just look in the Lord of all the blessing that he's given me. Because if you count all your blessing, like the song said, there's no reason for us to be sad, depressed, or whatever, unless you just want to just feed into that. Don't, don't feed into the flesh. Don't give into the flesh. Live by the Spirit. Follow. Let the Spirit of the Lord lead you. We all should be defined by that, by the love of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is who should have defined us. Jesus Christ is who we should allow to guide us and define us in our life. Nothing else in this world. Nobody else except for him and his word. So, you know, tonight in closing, Christ, Jesus Christ is the one that can change us for the better. No one else can. We can't. You know, we, a lot of time we try to change other people. It's hard enough to change ourselves, but let Christ, let the Spirit of the Lord change us for the better. Because He changed us because He wants to develop that love, a greater love, a closer, intimate love, that so we can be a witness for Him, so that we can love each other more and be a walking testimony for Him. So, you know, in the closing there, I'll read that verse again. According as He has chosen us, in him before the foundation of the world. Remember that he chose us before he created, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That we should be holy without blame in love. If you need anything that need to be changed, that need to be cleansed, if something that's, you know, being a stumble block in your life to grow closer, to walk closer with the Lord, give it to the Lord tonight. He can change and he can take that out. Again, tonight, if you haven't changed, if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, tonight is a good time to do that. Let him change your life and let him change it for the better because he chose you before this world and he chose you to be holy and blameless. So and we invite you to come and pray and draw closer to the Lord and give your life to the Lord. And the song of invitation is 605.